The America's National Parks Podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and NPF share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. As more and more people experience national parks and public lands for the first time, a common concern often arises. Bears. Bears are highly misunderstood creatures and are highly afraid of humans, but the behavior of park visitors often puts the safety of both people and bears at risk. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, we head to Glacier for a lesson in bear safety. But before we get there, let's talk about Glacier's famous grizzlies from research biologist Kate Kendall. Glacier is a great place to do bear research, not only because it's a beautiful, steady area to to do my field work in, but because it's a million-acre natural laboratory relatively unaffected by human influences. Due to its protective status, it has nearly all the plants and animals and natural processes that were here before Europeans and guns arrived. Um, most importantly, though, it has large numbers of grizzly bears and black bears to study. Uh, natural regulated populations are often essential to understanding the effects of human activities on non-park bears populations, such as hunting, habitat loss, or displacement by people. Grizzly bears are synonymous with Glacier National Park. A bear sighting can absolutely make a visitor's vacation here, and a significant part of park management is bear management. That's why I came to Glacier 25 years ago to study bear ecology and why I'm still here today. I'm currently developing the first estimate of grizzly bear population size in the Glacier National Park ecosystem. We're counting bears by using barbed wire hair snagging devices to sample bear hair and then DNA analysis of the hair to identify the species, sex, and individual identity of the animals that left it behind. We sample several times during the summer and use that information to determine the total population size and to look at the distribution of bears across the landscape. Our barbed wire hair corrals consist of 100 feet of barbed wire stapled about knee high to three to five trees to form a single wire corral. Then we pile a lot of brush and rotten wood in the middle and uh, pour a scent lure on it to draw bears to the site. When the bears cross the wire to investigate the lure, they usually leave hair snagged on the barbs. We brew our own lure for putting in the hair corrals by putting whole fish and cattle blood in barrels and letting it age for a year. The revolting liquid that results is highly effective in attracting bears because scavenging animal carcasses is an important part of bear diets in Glacier Park. We also collect hair from bear rub trees along trails and forest roads, and these trees are naturally used by bears to rub on. We think they act as sort of a chemical calling card to let other bears know that they're around. 
We don't use any sort of bait on these rub trees. They're just doing what they do naturally. In 2004, the Northern Divide Grizzly Bear Project collected 21,000 bear hair samples from 2,500 barbed wire hair corrals and another 13,000 bear hair samples from 4,800 rub trees. Analysis of the black bear samples will require additional funding, but from the genetic analysis of the grizzly bear samples, we have a minimum count of 545 unique individuals, and we are using these data to develop an estimate of total grizzly bear population size for the 8 million acre ecosystem that includes Glacier National Park. On average, there are one to two non-lethal bear incidents in a given year in Glacier National Park, and there have only been 10 bear-related fatalities in the history of the park. All of those have occurred since 1967. Only three of those fatalities involved hikers, and at least two of those were solo hikers. Still, human bear encounters can end in death and injury, no doubt, and the attacking bear is often euthanized. So bear safety is incredibly important. Here's wildlife biologist John Waller to explain about bear behavior and how to hike and travel safer on the trails of Glacier or in other national parks and bear territory. Hey bear, hey. My job here at Glacier is to help keep bears safe and to keep people safe and make sure everybody gets along here at beautiful national park. We're out here in Dutch Creek on the western side of the park and what we'll do today is talk a little bit about how we can be safe hiking in bear country. Glacier National Park is the home of both black bear and grizzly bears and I was just making a lot of noise there to make sure I didn't surprise a grizzly bear at close range. Most of the encounters between bears and people in the park here happen when people surprise bears at very close range. During the summer when all this vegetation is leafed out visibility can be very poor and so it's possible for people to sneak up on bears without meaning to. So how do I prevent that from happening? Well, as you just saw, I clapped, made some noise, shouted out, Hey bear! Hey! Just to let the bear know that I'm, a, I'm present and can move away. The other things that I do when I are, am hiking in Glacier Park is I always carry bear spray with me and it's always accessible. I can pull it out quickly and deploy it when I need to. I highly recommend that all hikers in the park carry this, just in case. So there you are, hiking through Glacier Park. You see a bear, it's close. What should you do? The first thing I recommend that everybody know is the difference between black bears and grizzly bears. So look for those characteristics that distinguish the two species. Does it have a dished face or a more rounded nose? Does it have a big hump on its back? Is it grizzled in appearance? Does it have sort of a silvery, glimmery coat? Does it have big claws? Those are the key main characteristics that will tell you whether it's a black bear or a grizzly bear. Color is not a good distinguishing characteristic because black bears in Glacier Park can be almost any color from nearly white to jet black and anything in between. And grizzly bears can also be quite dark or they can be quite light. So look for those distinguishing characteristics, the hump, the claws, that dished face. Those are the things that will tell you if it's a black bear or grizzly. And the reason it's important is because your response to those two species is different. Grizzly bears are much more dangerous than black bears. They have a greater defensive space. A grizzly bear is more likely to charge you if you get too close. 
So if you know the difference, you can gauge an appropriate response. If I do encounter a grizzly bear on a trail at close range, the first thing I want to do is observe what the bear is doing. Is he facing away? Does he know I'm there? It might be possible for me to just discreetly move away without the bear knowing that I was there. I don't want to, at that point, necessarily make a, a loud noise that might startle the bear and cause him to react defensively. If the bear is looking at me, if the bear knows I'm there, the bear may not know what I am. Sometimes the bear will stand up on its hind legs to get a better look at you. So be aware of what that bear is doing. If that bear is looking at me and it appears as though he's trying to identify me, I'll try my best to let him know I'm a human while backing away. Say, hey bear, it's okay, it's just me. And then I will continue to move away as best I can. And most encounters in that way. The bear moves away, the people moves away, everybody's fine. Sometimes if you get too close and the bear is startled, a grizzly bear may charge you defensively. Quite often grizzly bears will do what's called a bluff charge. In other words, they don't really want to attack you, they want to put the run on you, so to speak. And what they'll do is puff themselves up and look big and scary and come bounding at you with their front feet hitting the ground, bouncing up and down. Their head will be up and their ears will be up. They'll be looking at you and they'll make huffing noises. They'll go. That's a bluff charge. And what he's doing is seeing what you're going to do. The best thing to do during a bluff charge is to try and stay calm and just continue to back away when the just when the bluff charge starts, stop, hold your ground, and say, whoa, bear, whoa. When the bluff charge stops, continue to back away. Again, it's just telling the bear that you're not easy pickings. I'm going to hold my ground, but I just want to move away from you. That's sort of bear talk. You're communicating to the bear your intentions. Sometimes if a bear is extremely defensive or a female with cubs, she'll do a full-on charge. That is different from a bluff charge in that it happens very quickly. They don't make any noise. Their ears are generally laid back on their head. They're staring right at you and they're coming like a freight train. And there's not much you can do in that situation except play dead. I think people often have a natural instinct to run when they see a bear. That's generally not a good idea for two reasons. First, it triggers a bear's natural chase instinct. They will just want to try and chase you down just because it could be fun and the second thing is is because you can outrun a bear grizzly bears can outrun a horse at short distances so the best thing to do if you think that bear is going to hit you is to turn around and play dead so if I had a bear coming at me I would stand if I didn't have bear spray the next best thing is to fall flat on the ground with your feet spread apart if you're wearing a pack Leave your pack on because it'll protect your back. Clasp your hands over the back of your neck and hope that it ends. If the bear tries to roll you over, just go on around and try and keep your pack between you and the bear. In most circumstances, the attack will be over in seconds. Make sure you stay on the ground until the bear leaves the area. Again, that's a very uncommon occurrence and doesn't happen very often, but you should know what to do if it does happen. But again, being aware of your surroundings is very important. Carry your bear spray. And most important of all, make sure you make noise when there's a chance that you might encounter a bear at close range.
Many people are hesitant to hike in the park because they read about bear attacks and maulings. And I encourage people to know the risks, know your surroundings. The chances of it happening are very slim and you shouldn't let it interfere with, with enjoying the park. Whenever you're headed out in bear country, we hope you'll keep these tips in mind. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. The interviews come from Glacier National Park. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join the America's National Parks Facebook group, now over 65,000 members strong. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America podcast. Season four is well underway. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California. To the New York Island From the Redwood Forest To the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you and me Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.